This is Film Center, your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian. Hey everyone, welcome to Film Center, your number one place for studio news. My name's Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And today we are joined by... Jetsa Gonzalez. Shai Johnson. Yes, she's an actress and he's an actor. It's great to have you guys on. How you doing today? Thank you. We're doing pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Awesome, awesome. As you guys know, here in Film Center, we do take the show on the road, so we are currently here in downtown Los Angeles. Are either one of you two from California? Not at all. Not at all. Well, why don't you tell us where you guys are from? You want to start? Yeah, sure. I am from Puerto Rico, born and raised. Oh, nice. I moved to... South Carolina, after graduating college, I lived there for about seven years. Then I moved to Seattle, Washington, where I lived about a year and a half, and been in LA for about, for about a year. Was there a reason for the moves, so many moves, or just like, that's just life? I work remotely, so <laughs> I have the flexibility to go wherever, and certain life circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Took me to try out different cities to just to experiment what living yeah. in different places was like. Yeah, and, and then you came to Los Angeles, oh, this is the place. This is where I want to stay. Sure, yes. Where did you go to college? In Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico? Yes. What did you study? Chemical engineering. Chemical wow. engineering? <laughs> yes. You smart? Kind of smart, yes. A little smart? Oh, smart. A little smart. <laughs> but I'm actually, a, smart. I'm actually a software engineer now. She's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're a chemical in- engineer and a software engineer. Yeah, so I worked as a chemical engineer for about four years, but that... How does that qualify us if you did it for four years? You did it. You did it. I did it. You're right. I did. I did. But That's then awesome. I decided that was not really where I wanted to be in terms of that aspect of my life. So mm-hmm. I taught myself how to code and... In your spare time of being a chemical on engineer. On the side, yes. What is happening right now, bro? I feel like I'm being flexed on. I, I'm, I got to figure I'm out my life. I'm intimidated right now. I got to tell you. And I also act and do voiceovers. Yes. I got to... And so, how did, you, up, man. How, did you, up. how did you go from being a chemical engineer to then a software engineer to then an actress and voiceover? Can you please? Uh, it's, not, it's not even like zigzag. It's like zig, zoog, maluva, and then she let, went to let zag. Let me throw another one in there for you. Uh. When I started college, it was at, my major was actually mechanical engineering, but I switched to chemical. But that's besides the point. Oh, my God. Uh, and the, my dad's only just a civil engineer. So only? <laughs> no, I she's got the, all three of them. She's, she's like the Thanos of engineering. She's, You're right. <laughs> she got all of them. All you'd have to do is civil, and you, you just snap your fingers. <laughs> Control the world. I will yeah. start on that when I get yeah. home tonight. No, it's just that the, I don't know, where I was working at the time, I was working at a chemical plant, and I felt like it did not suit my personality very well. I am more on the introverted side, and that job required me to be up in people's business all the time and just talking to people, and it was very draining. It was very exhausting at the end of the day. Like like, a safety man type of thing? or Yes, definitely. I had to inspect valves that were about as big as I am, so yes, safety was a huge thing. Also, there's the issue that I am... Very short. I was very young when I was doing that job. I'm Hispanic. I'm a woman. And the me... Probably didn't take you too seriously. Not at all. No, not at all. So that was a major hurdle that I had to overcome. And I probably could have if I wanted to, but the point is that I fell in love with process control. That is a part of the chemical engineering job. That's where I was working with the chemical process 
in a computer. And then that kind of led back to me loving my programming courses in school. And that's, let me take some coding courses at night and see how this goes. So you were overseeing the process operators, right? Yes, I was. Okay, so that's yeah. how you arrived to L.A. Now, you, and you also said that you're a transplant. Yes. How did, how did you get to L.A.? Did you, did you also conquer all of the science world? <laughs> So all the STEM majors, you, you conquered what? all four disciplines of biology. Did, well, should you have biology. gone first? Is this? <laughs> yeah, she's engineering. I'm biology. Uh, oh my God, he's also smart. <laughs> Wait, what are you really biology? Yeah. Bachelor's in biology. Bachelor's. Dude, I in... called it. Oh did I not God. call it? <laughs> <laughs> you said that. I just did that just randomly. Oh my but God. you really do biology. Yeah, I'm bachelor's in nursing Dude. as well. So. God, Nicholas, we're so stupid. So, yeah. <laughs> And surgeon. we do a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> are we qualified to be at this? I, at you this, know what? I don't. I, I, my IQ points are going down as we speak. <laughs> oh my that gosh! Not so, the so, intent. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you? If you start off in biology, what happened after? I jumped to nursing and got my bachelor's in nursing. Um, also so nurse. then I jumped straight to the surgery, the surgical OR. And, oh my um, god, so, um, dude! Oh, our nurse, dude. Wait, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what's crazy? If, we, if you got shot right now, he would be able to heal you, and she would be able to decipher what the gun was from the bullet. That's crazy. That's so, about right. You were doing OR. What happens? Yes. So, still doing OR. I'm a travel nurse now. Uh -huh. um, but on during nursing school, I. Well, even during college, I was always doing dance on the side, and I was starting off with hip hop, and then. Uh, Classes such as ballroom was offered, mm. and then salsa, bachata, and then next thing, I'm, my side hustle becomes a professional dancer. And, and while and you're a nurse, exactly. It's crazy you say that because another person at this table also used to be a professional dancer. We're not talking about that Any guy. Healings. We're not talking about okay, that guy. Okay. Okay. This, this guy. All right. Yeah, I used, I used to be a professional break dancer nice. in Knoxville, Tennessee when I was younger. Okay. And we were the type of break dancing where we still had territory. Ooh. If we were called Volatomics, I was a break dancer. I broke dance in Heelys. I even got to do it at the House of Blues for Disney. Nice. And also, if you wanted to break dance anywhere in Knoxville, you would have to go through us first. Like the club oh, owners that, would not. That was your turf. Yeah, that not let it. you do it. That was a different time, and we're not talking about me. Breaking all over again. <laughs> but, but anyway, let's talk about you mastering the the art of medicine. Yes. So yeah, four years college, and then another sixteen months accelerated program for nursing, then another year residency uh, for OR, and then from there, just pretty much surgeries, incisions, and then after that, jumping on the dance floor. That's great. And then so. So then from dance is where you made your step into acting? Is that? Yes. How did you go from OR incisions to acting? Acting happened as I was invited to do like the Nutcracker to like dance in it from like a ballroom perspective came like the acting aspect. And then from there I was asked to do other productions in the, from Charleston, South Carolina. And I was asked to do things at South of Broadway, which was one of the bigger medium sized theater companies. And Pretty much from there, I got the bug. The bug, and, yeah. yes. Well, at least bug. you didn't see someone get shot and be like, he's so dramatic. I didn't exactly. Bet that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I jumped into travel nursing where I ended up going to places like Seattle, where I went to Harborview Medical Center and joined a few dance teams up there. And actually, the hospital I was at is where they shot Grey's Anatomy. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. wow. That's cool. And uh, from there, I was like, hey, we got to go to L.A. That's where it's at. That's she, the spot. That's the spot. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now I'm here where I'm still dancing. I'm on a few dance teams here. And a few? I, I have two projects, my personal projects. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we need to go through... Oh, oh, man. <laughs> you guys are making through. us feel really inadequate right now. <laughs> We're going to go through some current events real fast. Okay. okay. So you are currently an actor. Yes. You're also on multiple dance teams. Yes. And you also are a registered working nurse. Yes. And you also do surgery in the OR. Yes. Okay. And you are a former everything engineer. And you're currently an actress. Also currently a software engineer. Also, she's, oh, sorry. See, this is, see, this is why bad. we do current events. She's also we currently a software engineer. And a voiceover artist. All right. You both got bitten by this acting bug. Do you either of you think that was planted young, so young a little bit? Looking back, do you think there was a point where we were like, oh, I think that this is where that, that might have come from? For me... Yes, I think it started with my grandmother always hosting family during Christmas or Thanksgiving. It's always the family dance contest and who could put on the best show. Irony was I had the least amount of rhythm and I would just do the wildest stuff. (laughs) (laughs) WWE wrestling moves. (laughs) There has no point in being in the show. (laughs) Everyone else is like doing the dugging. Exactly. (laughs) And then it just turned into I actually like doing this and It's always been secretly a passion of mine, but I was always pushed to go medical, pushed to go something super academic. And so something stable. Exactly. And so Mm -hmm. I end up like walking this fence of both like the arts and academics where I found a nice, there's a lot more work. Most people say go this way or that way, but Mm -hmm. I found that nice rhythm to just kind of ride that line. Did you find yourself being burnt out a lot? Because it sounds like... There were nights because there were times when I was had to learn lines for a show. I also had to play the instrument. Like I played trumpet, French horn, and mellophone. And there were certain performances where I was playing. I only played the nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Playing half the band. So then on top of everything else. So that that came from your dancing when you and your family. Was there anything in your life where you see that that came Uh, in young? For me, it was video games. For me, it all started with voice acting. There was this one particular video game. It was beautiful, but the voice acting was just terrible. And what, I, what game was it? It was Ark Rise Fantasia. It was, I think Arc it was GameCube. I think it was GameCube. I don't remember Game that game. Fantasia. <clears throat> it, it was one of those like turn-based RPGs. Mm-hmm. Like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy? Something like, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Similar to Final Fantasy. It was a beautiful game. Paper Mario. Now, the one that you played, was it in, because you're from Puerto Rico, was it in English? It, it was English, yes. Okay. Um, Is that how you learned English? I've Disney yes, movies. I learned English through Disney movies. I've been speaking yeah. English for as long as I can remember because Disney and closed captioning, and I can't even explain that one. <laughs> so, English just happened for me. So back with the video games, that's where it started. Yes, yeah, so I was like, well, this sounds terrible. I could probably do this a lot better. So that just got me into imitating a lot of voices and just mm-hmm. responding in a certain way and just being big and obnoxious when it came to voices. I never really pursued anything, but it was always in the back of my mind. Always on the back burner. Oh, always there. Yes. So then, so when you came out here to LA, Mm -hmm. that made it so, oh, I'm going to take this acting thing seriously. And I guess like a similar thing happened with you. The same. For voice acting, it's little V, big A, still have to put myself in front of people and express emotions and all that stuff. Have either of you two really found your past experiences to be helpful in your acting career? Yes. 100%. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can you guys give us an example? 
You want to go first? Yeah, so for now, for the play that we're currently in, Corporate Dilemmas takes place in, in a corporate setting. Mm. Being an engineer, I can pull from that a lot to talk about tech and just you know, the relationships and the interactions that come along with that. And like, bring it to the surface. Exactly. Yes. Oh, okay, how about you? For me, being a showman is second nature, being that I used to work at a zoo in high school. And I used to Wait, leave. you didn't tell us that. He was no. also a zoologist before zoo. he was a biologist. <laughs> another one. You, yeah. can't, you, can't, you keep pulling these cards out your hat, man. What else you got? You it's a like, painter too? Yeah. No, not a painter. Not a painter. Not a painter. You got me on that one. Alligator it, trainer. Yes. Alligator. I'm just an alligator wrestler. <laughs> it was a reptile zoo, and I was paid to either give tours or you know ticket sales or mascot or gift shop, and especially like... Being a mascot, like they put the big suit on. I think it was a big alligator suit or a big turtle suit at Probably the time. Hat. Yeah, or, that, or just a big hat. Mm. And pretty much they would parade us around and it was like, yo, go lead the crowd, go bring up the energy. And essentially I became like the show person. Like people would gather around, it was like dancing, it was just putting on like just entertainment for people, which allowed me to bring that to my characters like here with Persona's Entertainment, with our production is my role just being like welcoming people in and making sure I can blend between, hey, this is the audience and this is my co-actor and I'm channeling both of those energies towards me. Kind of so thing. our listeners have, we've talked to a lot of professionals. Something that's quite common with a lot of actors and actresses is that they have all these diverse backgrounds. And now you two are in this play, can you tell us a bit more? Yes. So this is Personas Entertainment, and we're currently doing a production called Corporate Dilemmas. So Personas Entertainment is a company where we truly focus on immersive experiences. Yeah, this isn't yes. like something else, right? This isn't a regular play that you would see no. like at a theater. There's something else going on here. Yes. Can you talk can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the focus is that the stories are driven by the audience and their participation in that story. So, so can you get, can how, how do they do that? Because I'm sure our audience is can very... You, can you explain that a little I, bit more to To be us? fair with you guys, I, I have heard that this is some new stuff. This is this to be fair with our audience. Some new hotness. Some new hotness. Here from Center, we like to bring in like interesting things and all the new hottest studio type news. So this might be a new type of play. Yes. Might be more popular later. We're leaving the old and busted behind. Exactly. We're leaving that traditional theater. And it's not even. It's not even. It's like a. It's not like a 4D movie, and it's not a haunted house or nothing. Like it's nothing that's interactive. That's like this. Is it like improv but dramatic? It's a blend of all of that. So it's method acting and improv, and we. It has elements of haunted house, but it's way more than that. So the way this one particular production works is that someone from the audience gets selected to be part of the cast and help us move the story along. So that's where the improv comes in a lot because we don't know where these people are going to take the story. Now, when you both first looked at this project, how was it intimidating? It's something that apparently has not really been done before like this. Did you find it to be a good challenge possibly? Or was it like, oh, I'm just there because I don't even, I just love acting. What was the line here? I think originally for Jetsa, it was hey, it's the big A's. This is an acting opportunity. She knows that she wants to get into voice acting, so this is great to work with that corporate voice. For me, it was, this is LA. This is a gig that I haven't heard before, and this is something that is brand new to me, and I wonder how my, being myself contributes to this, and it's been paying off. Yeah. For sure. And so, 
I'm sorry, what, the, what you say? <laughs> to answer your question, it wasn't truly intimidating, but it was intimidating in the sense that at first we did not know where the story was going to go because we did not know where our users were going to take us. Our, yeah, our users. We yeah. call them NPCs. Yes, um, your audience. The audience. Uh, that one audience member. But as we got to rehearse and go through the different scenarios that could be thrown at us, that confidence grew, and it's exactly. I'm really interested in this concept. Not that you haven't done a good job explaining it, but you would you guys have like a sample of something? It's much easier if you would just. So you possibly can explain. Yes. That. Yeah. Yes, we are here to reshape the reality, and that's what we do for our, our NPCs with our audience, so we can dive right into it, yeah? Yeah, please, go okay. ahead. We'd be more than happy yeah, to hear. Yeah, totally. Okay, all right. Okay, I, th I think it's time. I think it's time. Okay, boss is on the way. Boss is on the way, okay? He likes things perfect. He likes things in order. He likes things neat. Okay, oh gosh, I'm effing up. Uh, who put the Q-tips in the cookie jar? That is not fun. Oh, okay. I'm gonna fire front desk. Okay, okay. You got your pen? You got your paper? All right. Okay, calm down. Woosa, woosa. You got this. Boss walks in. What do you do? All right. Go sulky. Boss. Boss. Too dramatic. Bring it back. Okay, one more time. Okay, boss walks in. Be more, be more, more stoic. Boss. You've made it. That's weird and I think slightly unprofessional. Just go more, more casual, more, more loose. Us, yeah. Uh, something about, no, that's not it, that's not it. I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Okay, okay boss, just come in, just come in, boss. I know you're out there, come on in. Boss, <laughs> welcome back. So good to see you. That was we perfect. have so been looking forward to you coming back. We are actually <laughs> just in time for our meeting, Johan. Yes, is the yes. boardroom ready? The boardroom is ready uh, now, yes. Okay, perfect. Then, boss, please follow me. So how was your trip? Did you have a good time? You look quite tan. You look very nice. Yes, yes, boss does. Always looks nice. Always look nice. Yes. And then at that point, the NPC would chime in with some stuff, and we just get the story going. Yes. Oh, start moving from there. So, like, this is what we were talking about earlier when someone's being picked from the crowd. It's whatever that they're doing is actually then part of the story itself. Exactly. Yes. So when he said, boss, come in, he's actually bringing in exactly. that. So the audience member is the boss. Yes. I'm setting up the environment that the, I guess, the external audience is seeing. And then I am physically going out and fetching that. And it's uh, not another cast member. This is like no, a random person. This is not a plant. This is not a plant. Yes. And then they're brought into our reality. So the production is pretty much the a day in the life of a CEO. And this person from the audience is brought in to make executive, like very important executive decisions. Yes. After they've been away on a business trip for like six months or something. This is like pretty that. interesting. You guys tell us a little bit about the uh, the production. You know who? Sorry, obviously you do. <laughs> who, who wrote it and who directed? Who? What is the team behind us? All right, we have Nico as our director, and we have Peace as our writer of the production. And honestly, this is their baby. And pretty much, I think Peace was just sitting in a WeWorks, and he just came up with this epiphany where it's like, what if people could just take control of their lives, but not the one they're living in, but just to control in someone life. else's life, oh. control another person's fate. Pretty much, you know, be that boss that you feel like you're not sometimes. Mm -hmm. The metaverse, but in real life. Exactly. Like the, the real life metaverse. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Grand Theft Auto, but real life, but don't shoot anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Have you yes. guys ever been completely thrown off by an audience member? That is my job not to be. <laughs> and we, our, our rehearsals are extensive. Now, we've heard some wild comments. What, yes. How do you practice for 
something that essentially has no solid script because it's, it's, for the most part, it's based on what this audience member does, right? So as an actor, how do you prepare yourself to, because it's not, it is improv, but there's also a story to it. So it's yes. like a story improv. There's also how do you, a structure to it. Yeah, yeah. How, do you, how do you prepare it's yourself as a sol- It's not a solid script, yes, but there is a, a kind of like a, a roadmap of where the story needs to go. So whenever the improv or the NPC is starting to go off a little bit, we always have strategies in place to bring to it back. Them. This is the path we're supposed to be in. So exactly. I, and we've had a lot of beta testers, just people that come in for rehearsals without no knowledge of what we're doing and they just throw stuff at us and that really helps us like get a lot of tools in our tool belt to do you to find it to be whatever. more engaging than possibly other scripts because it's always different every time yes it is 100 percent. yes the audience is getting something new every every weekend every friday through sunday no there. two shows are the same exactly it's pretty much what we call like bare bones script it's like, here's your few lines and then rest is just character development on your part and go from the improv there i have to know how my my co-star is working jetsa i have to know her as her character Mm-hmm. and how I would respond as my character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that kind of relationship. How do you find the chemistry between you guys on stage? I think it works out, given that we're pulling from our backgrounds, that she's already been on the engineering corporate side, and I have been on the kind of showman. I play the secretary in the production for Corporate Dilemma, and that kind of ties into guiding people, being on top of things, watching for time, and then really corralling what would be the customers at a zoo is now the audience member. I'm corralling everyone along with my my, my co-stars. Yeah, we, we really have no choice but to work on our chemistry because we really have to read each other, not just him and I, but everyone in that room. We have to read each other very well to be able to help us get back on track if things start going off a little bit. Do you find it harder because there's not a set in stone script? Maybe in the beginning when we didn't have as many tools in the tool belt, but as we got more rehearsals in and we got more confident, it's actually very easy to bring it back now. It really is. It's easier now because there isn't a set in stone script because you guys have gotten so comfortable with each other? It's because of the, that roadmap, that guiding story that we have. We know it by heart at this point that we just bring it in second nature. So since you two are obviously like, you have to be pretty good at improv to, to land a role like this. And there are a lot of people who listen to our show who are not only in the industry, but also might want to get into the industry. Do you guys have any tips for them on like how they might be able to improve their improv to become at this insane level where each show is like literally different? <laughs> I guess one exercise you could do is just pay attention to the people around you. They're mm. like literally watch how they move, watch what they do, pick up on their notions and just throw it into a character. And, or if someone says bat, what's the first thing? Don't think, just say man, mm. just something like that. It's just so a lot of people watching, people being watching. a creep <laughs> and, <laughs> and, 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 and like quick association. Just. Improv is a muscle you work on, but it's a reactionary muscle mm. versus a training, you know, conscious thinking muscle. Yeah. Okay. One, one yeah. question I would want to ask you guys is, I'm sure you guys know this, but the rule in theater is nobody knows something's going wrong unless you bring attention to it. Yes. How did you guys overcome that with it being a live, completely different show every single night? I think it might have been easier for us because since we didn't have these 
set lines that, that we had to stick to or deliver. Yes. Even if someone missed a cue or something, it wasn't necessarily that something went wrong. It's just that we need to be aware to, to help yeah. them get back on track. So you feel like because there wasn't a script there, it was to your benefit to make sure the audience did Exactly. Know. We weren't boxed in. And if something did go wrong, like she said, the audience wouldn't know because we're already trained to go with that route and guide it back to the storyline. Yeah. Like... How, how long is this, this, this play going to be running? Can you give us some more information or possibly where our audience can find it? Yeah, so this is an episodic play. Episode one debuted October 28th and ran for five weeks. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. are restarting in January with episode two. Mm -hmm. Episode one will still be available for showings for those interested. Just, just check out personasentertainment.com. Mm -hmm. Personas, you, you spell it? Personas, P-E-R-S-O-N-E. A-S, mm -hmm. entertainment, one word. Entertainment.com. And they can yeah. go there and get tickets or and check it out. Yes. They can learn more about the cast and the crew and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, first weeks for the first episode and starting production on the second one. And, uh, it's already starting on the, on the second production. Yes. So I guess second the second episode. episode. Yes, yes. Second episode. So I guess the first one was uh, pretty popular. Yes, so we incorporated one NPC or one individual from the audience, and now we're working on incorporating two. Oh, right. So with each episode, more more NPCs are going to be involved in the story. Until until it's only NPCs. Until it's only <laughs> the whole audience is in it. Fully yes. improv. Right. Yeah. right. Now we're just watching the audience. Now it's switched. <laughs> yes. So you like, guys are just going to be masters by the end of this. Right. The goal. Yes. Where does so does this is here in LA, correct? Yes. Yes, in Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Yeah. Is the the set? I assume is not some regular theater. Oh, oh no, no, it's no, not. No. It's not on a stage. It is actually in a pretty it's, much a corporate it's, office. It's an office it's an building. Office. It's yeah, you walk so you, in. Oh, it's really? a real office. Yes. It's a real office. So you go through the doors and where's the audience sit? The audience is standing around a designated audience area, but they're standing around. It's like, as if like Dark Knight, the Joker standing around. They're all <laughs> like Truman Show. You're yes. just watching someone's life. Oh, and this is yes. incredible. Yes. Mm -hmm. so it must be very limited capacity, right? Yes. Based on the fire marshal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> A lot of times that I guess that's part of the reason that helps you. Not helps, but I guess tickets go fast, I suppose. Tickets do go fast, especially like when like we're working with our marketing to push more of a social media presence. Mm. And right now it's been a lot of help from friends and family and plus they're telling their friends and family members. So mm. it's been a lot of that kind of a and you guys are already events. on the episode too. We were on episode. It was coming out with a, a second episode. Was that part of the reaction from the first one that made you say, oh, we got to do this again? Yeah, people loved yes. it. Um, it was something very different. Everyone always has something very positive to say. Um, this before. We do exit interviews yeah, once nice. they're done, and mm -hmm. they say they go in with a plan, and then once they're in that seat and they feel like, yes, yes. I'm the center of the action, then everything just goes out the window, mm -hmm. and Pretty they much. just have a really many, fun time. How many tickets do you sell per show? What's the capacity? Yeah, how many tickets are, do you know how many tickets are available per show? About 25? About oh, 25. so, so it actually, it's, so, so it's more intimate. Yeah, it's yes. very it's, intimate. It's more intimate compared to the crowd. Even if the, if the space was bigger, I think that if we had a huge audience, a lot of the effect would take away. We would take it's, away. It would be lost. feel a little cold. Mm -hmm. we're, we're bringing you in. The whole point is for the audience to be immersed. It's hard to immerse 100 people 
mm-hmm. from way back gotcha. in the, yeah. the boonies. And you don't want to have a, a megaphone be like, all right, exactly. right. this is what we're doing. Exactly. So the action it takes place in, in a boardroom and the audience is filling in as internal affairs for the company or something like that. Yes. So if we have a huge audience, then that kind of loses wow. the effect. Okay. You know what? That sounds really cool. Guys, if you want to go check it out, you'll have to go online and, and get yourself some tickets. You, do. you two, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate thank, it. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much for inviting us. Yeah, where can where can they follow you? When you, you guys don't have any social media plugs you want to put on? Sure, yeah. I'm Forever Shy, a number four, E-V-E-R underscore S-H-I. Yes. Is, that on, is that on Instagram? That's on my Instagram. Okay, yes. how about you? I am at Yetza, Y-E-T-Z-A dot G-L-E-Z. That is Gonzalez, abbreviated. Yeah, Yetza dot and that's also on Instagram? That's Instagram, yes. Or look at the two smartest people <laughs> yes. in the entire universe. <laughs> and, and, and they will pop up. They've dominated <laughs> science and medical. These two, these two are too dangerous to have. <laughs> and once they both win Oscars and Emmys, it's about a wrap. It's right. about a wrap. Everybody Thank else you. is going to be out of a job. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Guys, so thanks much. for listening. This is Film Center, your number one place for studio news. My name's Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And we're here with... Jetsa Gonzalez. Shy Johnson. And we'll tune in to you next time. See y'all. See ya. ya. This has been Film Center on Comic-Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at filmcenternews.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get the Hollywood trade straight to you. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major platforms. Tune in next week for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center.